Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Happy to Meet Cute. This is Fallon Ballard here with my intrepid co-host, Courtney Kay. Oh, Courtney, my love, how is it going today? My fabulous Fallon. Um, it is good. I'm currently watching my cat. Um, she's think- <laughs> She's licking a jar of thread right now, like the lid nice. of the jar. And I'm waiting for her to knock it off the shelf. I don't know why she's (laughs) licking it. That's so weird. (laughs) Anyway, I'm doing fine. (laughs) I have been deeply entrenched in um, Harley Quinn on HBO Max. So I went to Barnes & Noble the other day and bought like all the Harley Quinn shit I could get my greedy little hands on. I'm like obsessed with it. I I think I, so I just found out maybe like last month that like, so I thought that the Harley Ivy, like the Har- Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy romance was not canon. I thought it was just like something that people hoped or imagined. Fanfic. <laughs> yeah. And turns out it's canon. Like it's queer canon in the DC universe that they are in love. And I, it's like cool when you find out this kind of stuff. Like I just found out that Channing Tatum is bisexual and yeah. like, yeah, and like the moment, did you tell me that? Maybe you I think did. So. <laughs> and um like the moment I found out that uh Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day is bisexual, like you're like, "Oh, they've they've been there for me this whole time." I don't know. It's just Aww. like cool when you find out stuff like that. So I'm like even more obsessed with it. <laughs> so that's been my life. I've been watching um I think it's called I forget the little subtitle of it but um on hbo max the cartoon i've just been watching it nonstop. that and hallmark movies so you know keeping the universe in balance (laughs) um so you know i normally don't fuck with dc i am a marvel girly through and through at your lunch when we you were like talking marvel and i'm like i'm sorry (laughs) you're like i don't know um but i have to say birds of prey have you watched that yet? Oh, no, it's on the list though. I have all the Harley Quinn movies Courtney. lined up. It's so good. <laughs> well, like I am like, I will refuse to watch like basically any DC movie <laughs> except for the- <laughs> I mean Marco Robbie die. is just Marco Robbie's in- incredible. It's so good. It's just like so um, you know, all the boys hated it and that means Amazing. it's a perfect movie oh my because, God, yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> I already love it yeah no it's just so good um I love that one I actually haven't watched that in a long time I should go watch that it's good like when you need like a oh I need to kick some ass when you need that vibe it's a good <gasps> one to watch I bet the soundtrack is so good oh yeah tell me when really you watch it that. okay I'll watch I'll it too watch it yeah what it's have you so been up to baby Um, so I have also been watching Hallmark movies. I feel like you and maybe people who are regular listeners to this podcast will be very proud of me because I, so I sent in the latest draft of my romanticy on Saturday. I finished it. I sent it to my agent and a couple more beta readers. Um, I added like almost 20,000 words in revision. amazing yeah um that's a good pass (laughs) yeah (laughs) so I on Sunday and then also yesterday basically like 
did nothing. And it was amazing. Like yesterday morning, I had to do like some wedding stuff. I've got a bunch of weddings coming up, but um, I like finished my work at like 9am. I don't have to pick up my kid till two. And I just read a book. Yes. I watched a Hallmark movie. Yes. Um, and it felt incredible. Yeah. Yes, that's like, what the queen deserves. <laughs> um, my brain was like, oh, see, this is the thing we need more often. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> if you could do that, that would be cool. Um, and then I, I still have to do one more pass of book four, but then I'm sending that to my editor this week. And then I will have both like writing things off my plate for at least a couple weeks, which will be so nice. The end is in sight. (laughs) Yes. I'm so happy for you. And I'm so proud of you. Thank you. I'm so proud of you that you weren't like, okay, it's house chore time. I'm glad that you took care of yourself. Fuck that. (laughs) I was like, this house house is not getting cleaned until my cleaning person comes (laughs) next month. (laughs) Oh, I love that. That's good. That's that's a really um, great investment. Oh God, it like saved my marriage. (laughs) I have a lot of friends who do that. Um, I just haven't done it yet, but every now and then I'll splurge on it and it really makes such a huge difference. It's a huge difference. And for me, it was like, you know, we find ourselves in this situation where my husband and I work about the same amount, but he works out of the house and I work from home. And it's not fair for me to be saddled with the chores because I happen to be in the home instead of, you know, working yep. somewhere else. That's um, it. My <clears throat> break time is just as valuable as his break time. It just happens to be in our house and not somewhere else. Um, and so mm-hmm. when we decided mm-hmm. to just do that, I was like, yeah, this yes. makes a huge difference. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Highly recommend you should look into it, friend. I will. Thank you. And like, what a more perfect time than the fall to just start cozying up with all your favorite movies and taking care of yourself. Yes. I might actually be able to get through some of the books on my TBR. LOL. (laughs) Speaking of amazing books that should be on our listeners' TBR. Um, Oh, should we introduce this? (laughs) I was like waiting for you to drop like an amazing book, Rick. Oh, no, sorry. (laughs) I was like, no, No, that was perfect. I just was like, not paying attention. (laughs) Oh, before we do that, though, I do need to just make a little PSA um, because the people are asking. They're not asking at all, but in my mind, they are asking. The new season of Love is Blind has dropped its first oh episodes. Um, I am holding off, though, because I don't like how they're doing this now, where they drop, like, three episodes one week and then three the next week. Mm. I don't play that game, Netflix. A little tease. Yeah. So I'm waiting until we have a few more episodes released, and then I will dive in, and of course I'm going to have all the thoughts and it will be all we talk about for many weeks i'm sure (laughs) Uh, um, but 
<laughs> I know that it's happening and it's very hard. And I have to keep like scrolling through videos on TikTok because I'm like, nope, no spoilers. I don't want to see anybody. I don't want to know anything about them. I don't want to know anything. I want to go in blind. Um, Love we'll see lot. if that happens. Yes. I did not actually say that on purpose, but let's pretend that I did. <laughs> oh my God. All right. And I feel like you should watch the season. Okay. It, yeah. Let's yeah. do it. I'm doing yeah. it. It's a good time to It'll jump in. Yeah. Then we can do another uh, Instagram live after yeah. the reunion. Fantastic. I'm here for it. <laughs> or maybe that's something we can put on our Patreon when we actually finally get our shit together and have our we Patreon. Will. <laughs> Patreon's for next year. 2024. It's coming. It's coming. I promise. Turtling all the way. <laughs> I don't know. Is that a term? It is now. Sure. Um, but one thing that is definitely happening this year is Boozy Book Brunch. And it is coming very soon. And we don't have that many tickets left. So if you are one of those people that's like, oh, yeah, I want to go, um, you should get on that. Get it. Yeah. Can't yeah. wait to hang out with you. Yeah. Um, I know it's gonna be so fun and solving is just so pretty. Yep. And watching all these Hallmark movies I now. Know. I'm like small towns are so cute. I love them. It's gonna be uh, our real life Hallmark movie moment. It is. Yeah. But it's more inclusive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Hallmark, but you know, it has to be said. Yeah. Yes. Yes, please. I did actually set to record a new movie that somebody recommended to me that looks like it has two couples in it. And one of them is a queer couple. So I was yeah, like, okay. Love it. Love to see it. With Luke McFarlane. Yay, baby. Mm. Yes, He's love so him. Cute. He's the cutest. So I was like, I think he finally was like, I'm not Listen. doing any more straight Hallmark movies. <laughs> yeah, I know. So if you want to keep me, you got to gay it up a little bit. Yeah. And I guess they listened. So that good. was good. He deserves yeah. all of it. Um, the He's so good in that movie, Bros. I don't know if you mm. saw it. Mm -hmm. Cute. Yeah. He's just so hot. <laughs> he's so gorgeous. And he's just so, like, wholesome and, like, just seems Lovable. like such an incredible person. Yeah. Yeah. Go he's Luke. Just yeah, good job, Luke. You're totally listening to this podcast. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> obviously. We're proud of you. All right. So transitioning back to your beautiful segue. <laughs> <laughs> that looks such a beautiful TBR <laughs> that I totally messed up with all of my jabber. Yeah, we'll stop. I'm uh, glad that um, we chatted longer. That was perfect. But so this week we're chatting with uh, Josie Silver, who has an amazing new book out, A Winter in New York, which even though it's set in New York, definitely gives me like Hallmark Christmas yes. movie vibes yes. for sure. Um, and it's just like the perfect little winter holiday book. It's so cute. I love it so much. I'm like looking at it at my shelf right now and I'm like, I should reread that one. Yeah. Take me away. And how yeah. lovely is Josie? I mean, oh the whole God. time we were chatting with her, Fallon and I were just like, Oh, we love Josie. <laughs> I'm going to love this episode so much. She's just such a lovely person and so, like, reassuring to the creative soul. She has mm. so many, like, great comforting things that she says. And yeah, she's very inspiring. Who's amazing. Who's amazing. Uh, so, yeah, sit tight and we'll be right back with Josie Silver. 
Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Happy to Meet Cute. We are so, so honored and excited to have Josie Silvert here with us today. Josie is an unashamed romantic who met her husband when she stepped on his foot on his 21st birthday. I love that. She lives with him, their two young sons, and their cats in a little town in England. She is the number one New York Times best-selling author of One Day in December and the Two Lives of Lydia Bird. Josie, welcome. We are so excited. Thank you so much for being here today. No, thank you for having me. It's uh, it's great to be here. We are super stoked um, and obsessed with all your books, but this recent one in particular, giving me all the vibes. Christmassy, it's nice and festive, and it's one to read in the in these um, darker, cooler evenings. I think. Yes, for sure. Do you want to tell us about your new novel, A Winter in New York? Oh, gosh. So, okay. Um, gosh, I hate these kind of elevator pictures. It's so oh. difficult to sum <laughs> up the book in a few lines, but let me have a go. Um, so it's about Iris, who is an English chef who moves um, to New York to get away from her awful ex. And she's grieving for the loss of her beloved mum. And she finds work in a noodle house and the tiny apartment above. And luckily, a new best friend in her landlord, um, Bobby, who's kind of super cool, exactly the kind of person that you want to meet if you, you know, find yourself brand, you know, alone in a brand new country. Um, And he takes her to this local food festival in Little Italy. And she stumbles across this glass door that she recognises and she can't place why. Um, And that kind of is the catalyst for the story really because she um, digs out her mum's old photographs and scrapbooks and finds the door on a photograph and then she goes back and she sort of um, finds out about her mother's time in New York and how the um, the the door which is on um, a gelateria she goes in there and she gets to meet the family and then she kind of falls in love with the people who own the place and He's really drawn to Gio, who is the youngest son of the family, sorry, the eldest son of a a bunch of sisters. Um, And it's kind of all about family and love and starting again. Um, And it kind of came to me from watching all the old classical kind of rom-coms like uh, Sleepless in Seattle and While You Were Sleeping and all those kind of really nostalgic big rom-coms. And I wanted something that kind of gives that kind of special, magical feeling. Um, So I used those as kind of a baseline when I was coming up with the storyline for this one. I was going to say, it gave me like all the same feelings of while you were sleeping, just like the way that the family like takes her in and like, you know, she's struggling and she feels so alone and they're just like so kind and welcoming. And it's just like that they are like that sort of like movie TV family where you're just like yeah. want to fit in with them because they're also amazing yeah. and wonderful. And Absolutely. Just like- I, I just want to be one of their family now. I just, yes. I'm so, I love them so much and I've gotten so used to them all. I'm just like, Oh gosh, I want to be a Bellati. Um Actually the, the spark for the story. Um, I was watching a cooking show, um, a British cooking show and there was an article on there about a family-run ice cream shop here in the UK. 
um, and they have this secret recipe that's protected and there's only two of them ever allowed to know the story the, the recipe and they even fly on different planes if they go on holiday they're that kind of you know careful about this recipe and oh it, it, it got me kind of thinking you know what would happen if something happened you know and the recipe was lost and and that was sort of the kernel for the story really I've had that it was it was a good couple of years ago I heard it and it's kept knocking around in the back of my head and you know pecking away and then when I was watching all these beautiful old rom-coms I thought well I can perhaps put together this idea with this idea and you know try and create something around around their story and they've been really good actually I got in touch with them and said you know would you mind if I write a story that's kind of inspired by your story Wow. So yeah, it's, That's so it's cool. Yeah, yeah. So it kind of is from a little um germ, you know, from from a real life story that my story kind of is is inspired by. Ah, oh, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Oh my yeah, gosh. Um, I haven't actually been to the store, so I'm going to go up there um, and have have some of their ice cream and <laughs> take them a copy of the book. Oh. <laughs> Ask them that's for a... their secret ingredients. Yeah. I don't think that's for me. <laughs> see, see the reaction. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine? No, I don't think they're going to tell me that, but you know, it's pretty cool. <laughs> oh, so cool. Was there something? So I know this is not your first um, book set in the winter months and with that no. atmosphere. So is there something that draws you to this time of year to writing love stories in this? Um, oh gosh. I mean I yeah I mean I I absolutely love Christmas you know anything Christmas is kind of I'm there Christmas in you know in July yes I'm there <laughs> um, <laughs> yes so I, I think it kind of lends itself so easily doesn't it you know with all the family and, and my books tend to be very um have quite a big ensemble cast anyway so Christmas is a great one to set you know those kind of scenes around um I've written some of my books and I do enjoy writing them, but there's just something magical about the holidays, isn't there? So, yeah, if, you know, if it's got a bit more sparkle and a bit more, you know, shimmer, I'm you know, a complete magpie for it. So anything that kind of ticks all those boxes. Yeah. Yes. And the emotional side of it, um, yeah. like focusing on a big city like New York, but then yeah. zooming in on one person and then this found family is it's, really beautiful and special and important to highlight during a season that can feel very flustered or busy for some yeah absolutely yeah and I've never actually been to New York myself um so that was an extra challenge with this one was right because originally the the idea for the book I kind of plotted it loosely I'm not going to say that I plotted it because I didn't (laughs) but I'd set it in my head in the UK and as I started to write it, it just, you know, it wasn't quite happening. It wasn't coming out exactly the way that I envisaged that it would. Um, and then I had a chat with my editor and she's um, set in New- she lives in New York. And she kind of said, well, you know, we've got this huge, you know, Italian scene here with the um, gelaterias. And so I kind of did a lot of research and I thought, well, that's going to work a lot better. That's going to widen the story and give me a lot more scope. Um, but obviously having never been to New York that presents its own problems you know so I've done so many YouTube walking 
tours and everything <laughs> New York and read so many blogs and watched so many programs and talked to so many people. I feel like I've been there, um, but I haven't actually been there. So I'm quite fortunate to have um, my New York editor as well, who goes through absolutely everything and says, oh, this isn't quite right and just tweaks and tweaks. So hopefully it's not apparent on the page that I've never been. Um, no, I mean, you could no, have I'm definitely going to go. Yeah. I'm definitely yeah. planning to go now because I've fallen so in love with the whole, you know, the, oh. the whole, everything about the city and particularly I'd love to go to Little Italy. Um mm you know and see mm-hmm. some of the places in the book and um yeah so I'd like to walk in Iris's shoes at some point yeah yes I love that and I I definitely could not tell that you hadn't been there while reading it for sure and usually I'm like pretty hawk-eyed about things like that so you you nailed that you Excellent. were on point but there really uh, just is that. something about New York in particular where it's like when you are a person who is on your own, you can land in New York and like find your people. And I think that's like really what the book captures so well is this idea that this is a huge city full of millions of people. And yet when you land there, you sort of make your own family and make your own home. And like that vibe is really present throughout the book. Well, that's good to hear. And I think there's a lot of Iris's mother's story kind of, um, mirrored in in her own story, which becomes apparent as the book as the book goes on, um, and I really enjoyed that was that Iris was walking in her mother's footsteps without even realizing in a lot of in a lot of cases. Um, but yeah, I mean it, it it is, isn't it? You know, it's such a huge huge city, but she lives in this tiny apartment with just a couple of people and a cat, and it, you know it could be anyone anywhere really. Um, and it is about found family, and you know she's grieving for her mum and you know it's about you know when when it, when all else goes wrong she just moves to the other side of the world with just her tiny ice cream maker and, and hope really um so yeah I'm I'm really pleased with it I was uh, you know I was I was nervous writing it because I thought well, you know it's somebody's real story is where it comes from and I really wanted to do them to do them justice um so yeah I'm, I'm hopeful that people are going to love it I love the inspiration behind it, and I hope you get lifetime supply of this special <laughs> ice cream. <laughs> well, I, I, absolutely, I'm going to make a case for it. Yeah, as you should. As yeah. you should. Like, who needs a publishing contract? All I want is the lifetime supply <laughs> of free ice cream. Absolutely. <laughs> I think you're onto something here, actually. <laughs> What do we want next? Jewels. Jewels. I shall write a book about diamonds next and see where that gets me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that. Okay, well, you kind of touched on this a little bit in saying that you did not actually plot, <laughs> but uh, we want to hear a little bit about your writing process and just kind of like what works for you and, you know, how do you sit down and and get yeah. words on the page? Uh, well, I would love to say that I plot everything out perfectly with spreadsheets and charts and, you know, post-it notes. Um, but my brain, I would love to, but my brain just won't work in, in that way. Um, I usually have a spark of an idea. So with this book, it was that that TV show. Um, and then I have to sit and percolate for quite some time with that and usually find the characters 
so that if I can find the characters, then I can make a start. Um, and then I just write. I don't plan at all, um, which is scary um, because I just kind of have to sit down and wonder what's going to come out my fingers today, <laughs> um, which is it's exhilarating in some ways, um, but it can lead you up avenues that you don't realize that you're going to go up and then you know sometimes you have to backtrack so it can be quite a laborious process um but actually it doesn't generally touch wood um lead me wrong really um you know I think I subconsciously know where I'm going to go with it and I leave myself little clues along the way and then I'll get further down the the track and think oh gosh that was why I put that in there (laughs) so I kind of surprise myself um which sounds odd but I've kind of got used to that being my process now and I I don't even find it easy to plan out how many words I'm going to write every day or you know I kind of have my deadline and my deadline will be six months in advance and I think oh gosh that's a long way away I'll go and make some soup or I'll go and do some shopping or I'll go and do anything (laughs) and then just you know it kind of gets closer and closer and I've written a little bit and then I start to write faster as the deadline approaches and and get further into the story and and again I've kind of got used to the fact that that's my process rather than you know, my husband does say, why don't you just do 2,000 words a day, you know, Monday to Friday uh, in the mornings and then you'll be absolutely fine. And I'm like, well, <laughs> that's just not, my brain just doesn't work in that way. You know, I have to kind of get into the story so much that I'll write mm-hmm. from, you know, the minute I wake up to the minute I go to sleep in the last month or two of writing of my writing block. Um, and I don't want anyone else to talk to me. I don't want I don't want anyone to ask me what's for dinner or have I fed the dog. I don't want anyone to you know any interruptions. I just want to live in this kind of magical world inside my head. Um, and they've, by and large, you know, I've been writing now for more than a decade, so they've got kind of used to it now. That every now and then, mom kind of disappears mentally. <laughs> <laughs> and we just have to keep putting biscuits next to her and a glass of wine at night and hope that she survives. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I have to commend your spouse's effort to say, what if? <laughs> well, this is what I would do if I was you. Yeah, well, you're not me. <laughs> because that is something that that's a conversation we've also had in my house. That's like, Courtney. Yeah. Um, what if it wasn't so intense? <laughs> like, yeah. What if you did a little bit every day? I'm like, no, doesn't no. Happen. can't happen no. that way. And I think the magic happens, doesn't it, when you are yeah. kind of really into the story and the, yes. you, the, the people in your head feel more real than the people in your house. That's when, that's when it really does start to come together and you start sure. little light bulbs go in the, you know, the, 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 everything kind of comes together as it snowballs forward doesn't it which it sounds kind of chaotic and it is in a way chaotic but it's kind of organized chaos because I know that I'm going to get to the point that I need to get to yeah Um, so yeah it's you know I get to sometimes I get to the end of the day I'm like just exhausted but it's good exhausted because it's you know it's it feels magic, doesn't it? When you when you have a good day at writing, you can you know you feel so 
I don't know. There's no feeling like I just look up. I absolutely love it. Yeah. I know for me, like, usually for me, once I hit like 50,000 words, I will write the end of the book in like a fever dream of like a few days because it's (laughs) like, I, I don't plot either. I totally am a pantser as well. But like, by the time I hit that point, I usually know everything else that is going to happen. And so it literally will just like pour out of me, but I have to be in a place when I can actually like sit and write for six hours a day. And that doesn't always happen with, you know, schedule and life and things like that. Um, But when it does work, it's like the best. (laughs) Yeah, no, I totally get that. I mean, uh, I say that I'd love to plot, but I'm not actually sure that I would because it would take away the excitement in a way, wouldn't it? (laughs) You'd know what was coming. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And it's fun too, like what you're saying about how your kind of subconscious sort of knows what you're doing, because I'll have moments like that too, where my editor will be like, oh, I love like the connection between all these things. And I'm like, oh yeah, I totally planned that. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) And people see things that you hadn't noticed yourself and you're like, oh my God, I absolutely meant that. (laughs) That happened to me recently. And I was like, yes, thank you. (laughs) When you go home and note it down, you think, oh, okay, I was clever. So smart. (laughs) I love that. Um, I think it really is like based in, I mean, okay, just to sound smart when I'm actually not really, but it really is based in like neuroscience though, because to access that point of creativity where you are creating a whole world of imaginary people that suddenly become your entire like mental space because you have to access it to that point, especially as you're editing and revising and going deeper and deeper and deeper into their psyche Mm -hmm. and their world. So like up until that point, you've kind of been dealing with the conscious, but then once you push past and enter that subconscious space of really like a creative flow, it's very hard to then pull back and then, yeah. yeah, And then to stay in that space, um, you really, you have to stay in it. It's, it's, yeah. Mm -hmm. It is difficult, isn't it? And it only takes someone to just interrupt you just briefly and it's gone and you're like, oh gosh. And people think you can all just click off and answer a question and then back on. But it's not like that, is it? You know, once it's broken it, you've kind of got to work your way back into that that deeper level so you know I lock the door on the office yeah you have to <laughs> <You're all out. laughs> mm-hmm. no because it's like there are different stages of the process yeah. and once you get into that deepest stage it's like yeah. you're not even a body you're just a body yeah. <laughs> you're like my brain yeah. is somewhere yeah. else <laughs> yeah. yeah it's always yeah. exciting but always very intense yeah 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 and I- yeah, I love it. Yes, me too. That's fun. I uh, hit 50K on my manuscript I'm working on right now yesterday. <gasps> I'm glad. I know. It's go time. My, my <laughs> son is going to be at my mom's house this weekend. Amazing. And so I was oh, like, gosh. okay, I'm like going full gremlin mode. And like this book will be done by the end of the weekend. <laughs> That's the you plan. Need all the snacks. All the snacks. <laughs> yes. Like I got wine in the fridge. Uh, (laughs) You're ready to go. (laughs) Josie, what are your favorite writing snacks? 
I'm a wine gums kind of person. Oh, I, I love them. I love, love wine gums, but I, yeah, I have to limit myself because I could just keep going. Um, and I, I quite, I mean, I love a glass of wine in the evening, and I find actually that it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't stop me working. You know, I can have a glass of wine and keep writing, and sometimes it just loosens you up a little bit, doesn't it? Um, yeah. As long as you don't have one when you're editing, I think that's kind yeah. of my rule. It's okay <laughs> to have a glass while I'm writing, but edit's over. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. We have a store called World Market, and they have this little aisle that has some of the British like um, candies and snacks. And I've gotten wine gums there before, Uh, and they're so yummy. Fallon, have you had them? I don't think I have had them. Oh, they're so good. Still look. They're like yeah, they're like little gummy candies, but they are different flavors of wine. Right, I think so. Well, yeah, yeah, they're not alcoholic. They they are no, they are quite safe. You know, you can keep going. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm gonna have but to check that out. The illusion. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's good. Sometimes you need like a little, a little hint of it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes uh, it's not breakfast time. <laughs> <I know. laughs> yeah. Don't put on cold no judging here. No judging. Do what you got to do, people. <laughs> um, so yeah. I'm interested to know, because my child is a little bit on the younger side. He's only nine. Um, and I think that is always a struggle for me is balancing the writing life with the mom life. Um, yeah. So that's something obviously you've been dealing with for a while. Can you share your secrets how do we do this how do we make it all work I wish (laughs) I had secrets um I mean I'm quite looking at my children are older so um my sons are 17 and 19 so they um I I mean I would like to say they look after themselves but they absolutely don't it's still (laughs) mom works for dinner and mom where's my this and where's that and you know the washing and everything it's it's just bigger washing and bigger plates of food (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I think that's the beauty with writing, isn't it? Is you can kind of fit it around your life. Um, yeah. You know, and when they were little, certainly, you know, we're doing school runs and everything else. It was, it was a godsend really to have a job that I could pick up and put down and work at night when they've gone to bed. And and that was a lot of it really when they were little. Was there was a lot of working at night. Um. Because you have to kind of make everything work, don't you, as as a mom. Um. But now it's better. Um, they do a little bit of cooking, you know, kind of train them to use the dishwasher. And, you know, it's hit and miss. It's, it's very hit and, I said to my son yesterday, you know, I went to the kitchen and plates were on the work surface. And I said, you know that thing underneath the work surface? He said, what, the dishwasher? I said, yes, the dishwasher. What dishes you put them in? So kind of training your children, isn't it, to actually use the appliances so that, you know, they don't rely on you so much. Um, But in all seriousness, I think the beauty of the job is that you can kind of fit it around your family as much as possible. Um, And I I certainly found that working late is is my most productive time, Mm -hmm. particularly if I'm quite close to the deadline, I'll work when, you know, everyone else is watching tv or gone out or you know Mm -hmm. doing doing their own thing um 
so there is no secret really so you've just got to kind of keep slotting it in between until you're in that zone and then everyone has to kind of leave you alone just put the do not disturb signs up everywhere and and uh hope hope they take some notice <laughs> well it sounds like you've like trained them pretty well to like know that like yeah. this is my time and i need this right now and you know I, you just gotta push through and that's right my yeah. office is actually in the garden and it's glass fronted oh. i love it. It, it it's i had it put in just before lockdown i was so lucky um lockdown was in the march and i had it put in in the summer just before at the bottom of the garden and just that tiny commute you know just 20 steps down from the house it's kind of separate and I think that's made such a big difference to my um to the mental space you know I walk through that door shut the door and although I can see the house you know I can't hear anything from there and it's all just it, it really helps me creatively I'll go in there and that's where I work um <laughs> but it's glass fronted so they, I can see them if they're coming towards me <laughs> and I'm like, oh, lock the door and like they'll be like banging the glass I'm like no no I can't hear you <laughs> you may not come in <laughs> slowly lower the blinds <laughs> well please expect Fallon and I to show up at your doorstep <laughs> two weeks I cannot recommend it enough the, having a, just a slightly separate from the house workspace it, it's magic yeah definitely oh amazing um but also what I'm gathering is that um we're just gonna have to be tired a lot <laughs> <laughs> do you know what there's no escaping it is there? there's and no escaping it's, it's the same with any job isn't it you know it's juggling and it's kind mm-hmm. of trying to fit everything in but I think at least it's a job that we love and that makes a difference yeah. doesn't it you know you can you know I've done jobs in the past office jobs and other things and I, you know I always wanted to write and I didn't actually start writing until I was on maternity leave with my second son mm. and I saw mm. um, an advert for a Mills and Boone writing competition and I just thought I could apply for that and if if by some magic you know I win then I'm not going back to work and I won <laughs> so you know, some some magic happened. I think I did that. It was before everyone used to talk about manifestation and things. It was before all of that. Um, but I used to go to bed every night and think, Im- go to sleep, imagining the phone call where they would ring me and say, you've won the competition. Mm. And I think I actually manifested it without even knowing what manifestation was all those years ago. Um, and they actually rung and said, you've won the competition. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Um, and the, the prize was to work with an editor to hopefully have your Mills and Boone romance um, published. Um, and it wasn't published in the end because after much, you know, going through the process with them and it, it, they kind of said, we really like it. However, um, you have too many secondary characters and you swear too much. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just not going to work. And I was like, it, it was disappointed at the time, but it was gold dust as well because I got to work with an editor and, and that experience was kind of set me off on the path of thinking, well, it's definitely what I want to do. And if, if I'm not going to be writing for Mills and Boone, then what am I going to be doing? Um, and it all snowballed from there. Amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's such a great story. 
Oh, I yeah, that it was. A lot. Yeah, it was because I always thought I wanted to write for Mills and Boone. That was kind of always my life plan. Um, and even though I didn't get to do it, it still was the thing that set me off in the right direction. So I'll always be really, really grateful for that. Yeah, I'm sure they would be happy to have you now if you reached out and were like, "Hey, I want to write know, a book for you." I think they would let you. <laughs> do you know, I, I still don't think I could do it. Um, honestly, <laughs> genuinely, I, you know, I really admire how you know how tight their format is and you know their, their guidelines. Are, they're so strict, aren't they? And I, I honestly don't think I could. I could. I ramble too much, and I do like a secondary character and a big cast, and you know. So I think I'm better off where I am. <laughs> now you could swear as much as you want. Absolutely, yeah. Well, I still, I still get quite a lot edited out. To be fair, <laughs> me too. <laughs> me yeah. too. Like, uh, how many f words are in this manuscript? Okay, let yeah. me cut that back a bit. Yeah. I don't ever even look because I don't want to know. <laughs> I know, I know. Actually, that's funny. From a craft point, in my debut, I used to use the f word whenever I wanted like a big impact of emotion. And then I was like, oh, okay, that's what I'm doing. That's why I'm using it so often. <laughs> um, but anyway, that was funny for me to go back and like see why I was using it so much and then be yeah. able to put it like where it actually made sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then that's the editor's job, isn't it? You do yeah. your bits and then they do their bits. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> I always yeah. think of it, you know, people say, oh, gosh, I don't like editing, but... I always think of it like a magic wand, you know. Yes. I, I can't mm. fathom editing. It doesn't make any sense to me. I see this story one way and write it down, and I can't imagine what else might happen. And then you mm. pass it to someone else who has a different kind of brain and who uses their magic to kind of go, well, that this could happen. And, that, and you know, you, you think, oh, my gosh, you know, and it's like they've waved a magic wand and done something different. And I think it's, it's all part and parcel of the process, isn't it? Everyone's got their own speciality that, that kind of comes together to, to make one final product. Yes. And then having it come out of our brains is we're too close to it. I think Absolutely, to be yeah. able to do the finer details sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So would you say drafting is your favorite part of the process? I think so. Yeah, I just enjoy the whole process of just. See, I always like the beginning, and like most writers, I think the, the middle's a bit of a wade. You, you know, you get you get a bit of a slog, mm-hmm. isn't it? Sometimes, um, but I definitely prefer the you know the actual writing and the drafting of it. And I don't do lots of you know. Some people will say, "Gosh, I'm on my eighth draft of this novel or my tenth draft of this novel." I think because of the process that I, I use, of, you know, instead of plotting it out and going over and over, it just, I write one draft and that's the draft that goes to the editor. Um, and, you know, I've, I've never done it any other way. So, mm. you know, yeah, it's just your process, isn't it? You have to kind of get used to your own craft and your your own process and work out what works for you. May I ask a publishing question? And um, if you're not comfortable, we can totally edit it out. But so I'm in the process of putting together a proposal. So I have to have like the full summary, the full package ready to go. How, How does that work when you are a pantser? Do you mind if I ask that? Like when you are bringing a new idea forth, 
Um, do, is, do you kind of have a general concept that you share as opposed to a whole yeah, outline? A, a general concept, yeah. That I mean, uh, I was quite lucky because I'd written, when I wrote One Day in December, I'd written for that editor previously at a different publisher's. So she came to me when she moved to Penguin and said, um, I need someone to write a Christmas book. Would you be interested? And so when I wrote that, I just kind of wrote that without writing a synopsis or an outline or anything. And she just, and because she wasn't, it wasn't contracted. So mm-hmm. I wrote that book and she had it. And obviously that, that worked. Um, so when I moved to Penguin, there was no, you know, normally you, you would write the big synopsis and the big, there was none of that with the first book. And because the first book did well, they kind of haven't pushed me so far to do the, the, the bigger kind of synopsis and, and plans. Um, I think I cross my fingers and I hope it's because they trust me. Yes. <laughs> or maybe it's just that they know I'm, I just am not capable of doing it. <laughs> no that's so cool no. that's so cool yeah. I've always been so but curious how that works so it's like it, it is difficult when you when you're not not a plotter to actually put enough down on paper to convey the idea across because you haven't got the full story to tell anyone yeah um which is difficult yeah. isn't it so there's an element of twist I think yes um, and so far so good yay I love that yeah. thanks for sharing that yeah I think that's one of the cool things about developing a relationship with your editor is that the more you work together, the more you understand the way each other's brains work. And, you know, it makes it easier to be like, look, here's the idea. And I know I'm writing you a single paragraph, but I promise I can turn it into a real book. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is down to the hook, isn't it? If you can get a hook, you know, which is kind of the elusive thing that we're all looking for day and night, isn't it? You know, mm-hmm. the hook, what's the hook? Um, <laughs> but I think if you can kind of find a really good hook that will, you know, is so easy in that elevator, you know, your elevator pitch kind of scenario, that's kind of the lightning in the bottle that we're all looking for, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Amazing. All right. Well, you mentioned when we were talking about your book that you really drew a lot of inspiration from some of like the classic rom-coms, um, which yeah. I know we are all fans of. Um, so we wanted to chat with you about some, I mean, recent we'll put in quotes because there have been so many amazing romance, romantic comedies coming out lately. They don't have yeah. to be like brand, brand new, but what are, what are some of the ones that have been the most exciting for you that you've watched lately? Oh, let me think. Lately, I'm I'm not going to go lately because lately all I've done is pack boxes to move house. (laughs) That's fair. I'm going to tell you my favourite, absolute favourite, is Crazy Stupid Love. Um, Mm. It's my favourite rom-com of all time ever, and I don't think anything will ever ever beat it. Um, I just love everything about that movie. It just has... It's it's Dan Fogelman, isn't it? He's got that you know special way with with everything. Um, it just I don't know. There's something about it that the story just absolutely works for me. The way all the different things interlink and it just kind of gets you right in the feels, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, Nothing to do I with mean, Ryan Gosling. <laughs> I think it's got everything to do with Ryan Gosling. <laughs> 
it usually does. Yeah. I mean, the notebook. I mean, that's just Ryan Gosling, isn't it? You know, it just is what it is. You know, it's, we love some Ryan. People have got, yeah. Some people have just got that special thing, haven't they, when it comes to portraying, you know, the the romantic hero you know he definitely has it you know mm-hmm. gosh absolutely doesn't he um he is kanaf but... <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, i mean i'm a massive bridget jones fan yeah i just mm. love oh yeah colin firth and you yes. know, the, the whole you know big showy drama of it you know absolutely love that um while you were sleeping, I mentioned already. Um, yeah. Yes. So cool. I, I, any rom-com, to be honest. And Netflix is great at the moment, isn't it? You know, they've got so much going on with, with romance, haven't they? They seem to have really tapped into the romance market, which is great, isn't it? Because, you know, so often there's quite a snootiness, isn't there, around romance writing as a genre and... Um, so it's great that Netflix are really running with all the book to screen adaptations and um, yeah. Have they called it. you yet? Because all of your books would be perfect. Netflix oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> well, funnily enough, yes. <laughs> okay, good. Um, yeah. Um, one day in December, it was announced recently, just before the writer's strike happened, um, oh. it was announced actually that Netflix are making One Day in December into a TV series. Um, <laughs> I know, Congratulations. I know. Yeah, and I'm absolutely thrilled. But then, obviously, with the writer's strike and everything yeah. going on, everything's kind of on ice at the moment. Um, but, yeah, they've um, got this wonderful director, um, Drake Dormus, who's going to be um, writing it and directing. And Lucy Boynton is going to be starring in it. So Aww. everything is kind of looking rosy on that one. And that's just <laughs> amazing, really, just to think that, a story that I wrote kind of in my office, just me in my head is going to have a new life and, you know, different kind of format. And it's just, I think that's the wonderful thing about the job, isn't it? Is you never know where it's going to take you. There's no kind of ceiling with it. And mm-hmm. it just, I mean, until it happens, I don't think I'll believe it. But <laughs> <laughs> one day That's I'm hoping fair. that I'm going to sit down in my living room with the big Netflix suit and then, you know, the big end, red end is going to come on my screen and then one day in December is going to come on my screen. Oh, my God. Um, kind of magic, That's isn't so it? So That's my new manifestation there is go to bed and imagine that. Ta-ding! Ta-ding! <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And I'm so excited that it's going to be a TV series because I... Yeah. I love when they do that for all books, but really romances in particular, because it gives such an opportunity to really flesh out not just the love story, but also the side characters, which are always so much fun. It it gives you more opportunity to play with them and their stories. So it'll be so fun to watch. Yeah. Because the book is set over a span of 10 years. So they've set it as a 10 episode running up to running up to Christmas. So hopefully everything crossed, it's going to be kind of this, epic sprawl which ends with a big Christmassy episode so good job Netflix (laughs) absolutely here's what I want for you I want you to have the writer on set moment where you get to like wear a a ball cap and be like kind of like so nonchalant about the whole thing and be like yes this is my this is because of me 
Yeah, I would absolutely not be so nonchalant. So I'd be hysterical. No, I'd be like, I'm not. get that woman off the set. <laughs> You're like, this is my set. Yeah. This is where I live now. Yeah. Wow. I know. Yeah. So oh, fingers gosh. crossed, you know. And, you know, hopefully that's going to be happening a little bit further down the line. Yes. Oh, and, and just, so, yeah. just to double check, it's okay that, like, to talk about it? Yeah, it was okay. announced. <laughs> yeah, okay, so it's out there. And if I keep saying it, then it will happen. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Well, the more people want it, the better it is. And yeah, so now everybody's absolutely. going to be like, yes, I want that. Give it to me absolutely. immediately. Yeah. It's happening. So. Yes. So it exciting. <laughs> so exciting. Um, I also, too... I have to put in a plug for this movie every time this topic of conversation comes up because it is like my absolute favorite. Um, it is on Netflix. It's called Ibiza. Okay. And most importantly, Richard Madden, isn't it? (laughs) Okay. Okay. I'm with you. I see where you're going with that one. (laughs) Actually call it a traditional rom-com because the ending is a little like, up in the air um like it's definitely not like a solid hea but it is the funniest movie i have ever seen in my life Um, okay vanessa bayer is in it and she's freaking hilarious it's funny yeah um and i just love it to pieces and i need more people to watch it and also well it's gone on my list definitely then i should put that on my on my watch list i uh I just need, I need to manifest Richard Madden in my life. (laughs) Good luck. We'll put him in the Ryan Gosling in the queue. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I have actually already encountered Ryan Gosling, (laughs) which I told that story on the episode of the podcast when we talked to Jenna Levine. So if you haven't listened to that one yet, please listen to that. Wow. More like Ryan encountered Fallon. Ryan had a moment. Of appreciating Fallon. <laughs> I love that. Oh my gosh. I'm going to definitely listen to that. I need to know that story. <laughs> I love That's how I so just good. call him by his first name. Right? Well, we're best friends. <laughs> we're <now>. old friends. <laughs> Have you ever seen, um, it's actually, sorry, Netflix. It's on Amazon. Um, but it's called With Love. And it's a series um, of course I can't, I, as soon as I have to tell you actors' names, I know nobody's names. Um, but it's called With Love and it's the series that originally, it's in the second season now, but it was a, originally like a holiday series following this one family. Oh my God. It's hilarious and adorable and so romantic. And oh, no, I haven't, but it sounds right it's up really my street. Cute. It's very cute. It's called With Love. And it um, has such like a beautiful, diverse cast and um, it follows like, you know how some episodes follow different characters. It does that. It's very cute. It's very cute. Okay. Sold. I should find that one. Yes. Love it. Um, I know I'm continually adding to my watch list because there's just so much good stuff. I know. There is, isn't there? I mean, Ted Lasso is like my... (gasps) Jesse gets... Would, oh god i would Honestly, die for yeah. ted lasso absolutely i mean it's such it's the positivity isn't it and the it, the optimism and the warmth and oh my god yes. it's just, 
it's it's uh, Hannah Waddenstein's arms. Oh. <laughs> right? Yes. It's not even fair. It's not even fair. Uh, she's, she's, it's like she's not even. She's like there's there's everyone else, and then there's her, isn't there? She's like this is like super superhuman. Um, perfect. Yeah. Absolutely perfect. Look but at my little pad. It. it says the Roy Kent effect. Oh gosh. <laughs> uh, I love Roy Kent. Oh yeah. Too much. And Keely. Yeah. I mean. Oh, just, all the relationships just make sense, don't they? And the characterization is so spot on and the casting, you know, everything. They've just got this kind of TV magical moment, haven't they? Everything just works with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and also and think... the Christmas episode of that show yeah. is mm-hmm. perfection. <sighs> and perfection. I think everything, everything about the show, even the way they've set it with all the fairy lights and the trees and the Redland and, you know, the, the, phone boxes and it's just on point isn't it everything is just like you sit down and you just know that you're just going to have an hour of everything is going to be okay and it's mm. not dull you know it's like with the romance genre in general isn't it you kind of know what to expect but they've got to find this kind of refreshing way to get the story there and it just is this oh gosh I don't know if I could ever write tv I would want to write something like Ted Lasso you know that would just be I could die happy (laughs) you would do such a good job too yeah so Ted Lasso called Josie yeah absolutely (laughs) yeah give us our Roy and Keely spinoff please imagine (gasps) wow it might be a Roy and Josie (laughs) spinoff I mean that's fine too (laughs) we're here for that yeah I love that all right, Josie. Well, before we let you go, we do want to hear what you are working on next. Okay. Um, well, um, I'll let you into a little secret. Um, I'm not actually working on anything at the moment. I'm having a good old um, vacation from work, I think we're going to call it, because I've been writing kind of continuously for the last few years now without any breaks. Um, and we're moving house. And you know, you get to that point where everything just feels like something's got to give um mm. and I was talking to my agent and my editor about it and they kind of just said take the summer off and it's mm-hmm. been so refreshing to just not work um because I have been constantly working and constantly thinking about it for so long that it's kind of like a refresher you know I've been on holiday and I've been you know just trying to watch watch stuff to kind of refill the well if you like do you know what I mean just try and enjoy other people's books and just enjoy romance from other people's viewpoint rather than what goes on inside my own head um Mm. so now that September's rolling in it's kind of time to think that deadline is still there (laughs) and you haven't written a word so time to kind of get my thinking cap back on again now but I'm glad of the break I've really enjoyed it Good. Thanks you for need sharing. to sometimes, don't you? you? You know, sometimes you need to just yeah. say, well, I need to just step away just for a little bit, just for a few weeks, a couple of months, and uh, come back at it fresh. And I think there's something much more powerful about an intentional break rather yes. than um, feeling kind of burnt out and having to step away because of that and like, oh, I'm still on deadline. But like an intentional break where it's for you (laughs) yeah 
Yes. And it can feel selfish almost, can't it? Particularly in the job that we do, you know, to mm-hmm. because there's no set hours of work and, and you know, you kind of always I mean, even while I've not been working in the back of my mind, I've been thinking about stories and, you know, listening for ideas. Um, but you're right, an intentional break. It, it's been it's been very needed, I think. I think I didn't mm-hmm. realise how much I needed it. I think other people could see it more than I could see it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been good to kind of just take a deep breath and, and come at it again. Um, hopefully... Once my packing is over and everything's ready, you know, I can kind of think, well, okay, it's time to sit down and hope that I've got a place with a nice office where I can work in the garden and, you know, start again. Are you bringing yeah, your, your garden office? No, I can't, with... I can't bring it with me. I'm good oh to it. Okay. I don't mind right. leaving the house, but the office is another thing altogether. So. Yeah. But wherever we yeah. go, I'm hoping, you know, we can, perhaps if there's nothing already there to use I can have the joy of, of having a new one built so absolutely yeah yeah amazing um can you let our listeners know where they can find you online oh gosh um yeah I'm on Instagram and Instagram mostly is the one that I use more than anything I've tried to be on TikTok but I'm terrible at it so I won't say I'm on there um I'm on Facebook but Instagram is my main you know for a chat um you know if drop me a message or um uh, you know on posts and stuff I'm always happy to have have a natter well thank you so much for being here today Josie this has been so much fun and such a great conversation and uh, we appreciate you giving us your time Uh, thank you for having me i've really enjoyed it thank you for your beautiful stories yes and thank you all for listening and we'll chat with you more next week thank you so much for listening to happy to meet cute if you enjoyed our podcast we would love it so much if you would give us a follow on social media we are at happy to meet cute on instagram and also if you could please leave a review and subscribe that would be amazing if you would like to follow your host you can find courtney at court underscore k k a e on all social media platforms and you can find me fallon ballard at fallon ballard everywhere you imbibe your social media if you would like to buy any of the books mentioned in this episode you can find links in the show notes and a special shout out to zachary kibby and matt ballard for our amazing theme song thank you so much for tuning in and we hope to see you next time